but one thing that that our profession really hasn't focused on much is is the culture. And when you have, you can buy technology and you can buy equipment and training, but if you don't have the culture that kind of cements all that together, then those pieces really don't work as effectively as, as they should or could within an organization. Hello and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We're here to talk about business, but we want to tackle topics that most business leaders might shy away from. We believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. And I'm your host, Jeff Ma. And as always, I want to have those conversations with real people about the real world, about real issues and businesses. And my guest today is Chief Jack Colley. Jack Colley was sworn in as the Castle Rock Police Chief on January 3rd, 2012. He began his law enforcement career in 1984 as a dispatcher, eventually joining the Overland Park Police Department in Kansas, where he served for more than 25 years, rising to the rank of Lieutenant Colonel. Chief Colley holds a bachelor's degree in criminal justice administration from Central Missouri State University and a master's degree in public administration from the University of Kansas. He's also a graduate of the FBI National Academy. Now in 2018, Chief Colley was presented with New York Times bestselling author and motivational speaker, you may have heard of him, Simon Sinek's Igniter of the Year Award. This is an award that Sinek presents annually to an individual who has taken his vision and used it to transform the culture around them. And Chief Colley did this through the creation of his one-by-one policing philosophy, which promotes building a safe and secure environment for officers and staff so they're better equipped to serve each person they encounter individually. And this unique style of policing encourages compassion and treating others like family and his department readily embraced it. So you may recognize the story of Chief Colley's cultural shift at the, at the Castle Rock Police Department in Simon Sinek's 2019 book, The Infinite Game. And so I'm very honored and excited to have on the show, welcome to the show, Chief Jack Colley. How are you, Jack? I'm doing great, Jeff, and thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. I, I have, I've been very eagerly anticipating this conversation. We've talked once or twice before just on a call, um, but it's been, you've moved me each time we've talked because um, it's just so awesome what you've been working on and doing through your, um, through your career, but specifically over at Castle Rock um, so far. And so um, I wanted to start this conversation off maybe rolling time back a little bit and maybe i know i just gave a kind of a high level bio but can you talk a little bit how you kind of came into this style of policing or what kind of got you to do something so different sure so in uh, in 2012 when uh, i came to castle rock as the chief of police i had an opportunity to um you know, get to know everybody here at the police department. I, because when I get here, I came from Oklahoma Park. I didn't know anybody really in the whole state. So I spent a lot of time talking and listening to to our employees, to our team members here. And one thing that struck me was that uh, the culture was uh, was not as healthy as I would like to see. And throughout my career, I always found it to be. Um, 
very beneficial to me personally um, and to the organization if if the culture within uh, a police department any organization can be um, one that provides an environment where people can thrive and and i found that just from my personal experience that if if you can thrive at work um, it certainly translates into the rest of of your life your family uh, your health and then just how effective you are um, at work and more you know importantly is you know we're here in in the police service to to serve our communities and it's so important that we're our natural best when we're doing it because not only are our team members um, happier and healthier but the community is also a, a recipient of that and uh and we all want our our communities to be safe and to thrive well said and you know we live in a weird time where law enforcement is you know under new kinds of scrutiny and under you know just a lot of it's in the media and all these kinds of things and and to hear you know your kind of story and how you've built this up long before all this conversation started is it's just such a timely conversation to have because um i can't help but feel like it's connected or how do you see the connection between kind of the the police and law enforcement optics and and what it is that you've always been working with well one thing that i i realized early on was that you know, in the in the police profession, we've spent a lot of time and effort, and have done really a, a, a good job of of uh, enhancing our abilities when it comes to technology and equipment and training. And if you think about all the advances that have happened in the in the last twenty or thirty years, it's pretty incredible. If you think about the, the technology piece of it, now we have body worn cameras, we have computers in the cars, we have. Um, devices that you can uh, take an electronic fingerprint uh, of somebody and find their their identity in the field now those things didn't exist when i started um, but one thing that that our profession really hasn't focused on much is is the culture and when you have you can buy technology and you can buy equipment and training but if you don't have the culture that kind of cements all that together then those pieces really don't work as effectively as as they should or could within an organization for both the team members within the police departments or again the uh, the people that we serve i love that you have that that mindset around it I, would you say that you know with your colleagues or with others you don't have to name them but is this is is your mindset shared by many others or would you say it, it kind of goes against the grain I would say there are there are a number of, of colleagues that that are, are friends of mine that share the same beliefs, but again, as a profession, we really haven't focused on that. So I would um, estimate that a, a vast majority of, of police agencies really don't focus on culture, and it's not for any particular nefarious reason. It's just that that as a profession, we have it which is why I think it's important for us. And, and one thing that we do is that we look at um, outside into the private industry, see what's occurring there. Uh, excuse me, but I have a train going by. I'm about <laughs> 50 feet from one. Um, but the, the, we can learn a lot from private industry on what private industry has done as far as culture and uh, enhancing the culture within organizations. And I think that when we take a lesson 
um, both um, from the good things that that private industry does, and maybe some some stories that are haven't been so positive, and how that affects their businesses, and apply it to us, then we can see the true benefits of how a culture can be uh, something that is uh, very important to the success of, uh, of police organizations throughout the country. Yeah, I mean, speaking from the perspective of a civilian myself, like it's very easy to kind of write off police and forget that it is also a job with people working, you know, hours just like anybody else you know the office might be different but it's still people trying to make a difference and have an outcome working together on teams and i think it's very easy to just kind of create police as a monolith that kind of just exists and you know have no other you know traits that that we share but it's very it's very interesting that um that you also like you're kind of looking to the private sector in terms of how you uh, what are some of the i guess what are some of the things that you've already peeled from it i know we talked about one-to-one policing like what else have you have you found valuable well there are examples um, historically in the private industry where we see that culture has um, created environments that that um, resulted in in bad outcomes you know, I mean, you know, you go through and look at um, like the, the Wells Fargo example with the fraud um, issue that they had and paid over a $2 billion fine to the, to the federal government. You've got other, other examples like that uh, where the, the culture itself led to bad outcomes. And if you apply that to policing and you look at, well, what would happen in, in policing if we had a bad culture? The bad, the bad outcomes in policing, there's, there's so much at stake. I mean, lives are literally at stake. Mm-hmm. And if you take a police officer that is in a toxic environment at work and that, that same officer is out in the field in the community and they're, they're dealing with a, uh, a, a high-speed, critical, dangerous situation, the, the chances of something going wrong rise with the fact that they are working in a toxic environment versus you place them in, a, in an environment that is positive, that is supportive, where it's an environment where they thrive and you place that same officer into that same situation, the, the potential of, of having a, a, a good outcome rises dramatically uh, just because we're people and, and it's a stressful job. And so you wanna create the best environment you can and provide the, support, the best support that you can for for the police officers and the uh, civilian professionals so that they can, um, you know, provide the best service to the communities. And, and that's really what it comes down to. That makes a lot of sense. Um, can you kind of describe for us what one by one policing is? Sure. So one by one policing is taking community policing. A lot of people have heard of community policing. It's like taking community policing to a a personal level, kind of a concierge level to where um, it's individualized. So it's about serving people one by one so that we could create environments that are safe and secure where people can thrive. And as opposed to having a a mindset of serving the community, you have a a mindset change to you're serving the individual that you're interacting with at that particular time. Hmm. So Jeff, if, if, if I'm interacting with you on a, on a call 
then then my focus is what's good for Jeff. How can what can I do to help you? I'm not simply helping a community member. I'm helping a, a person in need, and everybody is different. And we basically look at it as everyone that we come in contact with is somebody's mom, dad, aunt, uncle, brother, sister. And if we can treat everybody like a family member, then we know that everything else will fall into place. So it's really taking that concept of community policing and moving it to a personalized level. And it starts within our, our organization. It's so important that we know that police officers go out every single day to keep our communities safe and they put their lives on the line. And oh, by the way, while you're doing that, we ask them to earn the trust of those that they serve. And one thing that I found that's critical is that as police leaders, we need to earn the trust of our police team members first before mm -hmm. they are gonna be best equipped to earn the trust of the community members that they serve and have contact with. So, so when you're trying to to roll out and explain one by one policing to somebody who maybe hasn't heard it before, or maybe in a new hire or whatever, how do you earn that trust or what, what are you, how are you going about showing them that, that you mean this and that you have these expectations? So the first thing that happens is that I meet with every new team member that we hire within the first week um, or so. And I talk to them about one by one policing. Um, we have a discussion, it's a two hour discussion about our, our culture, the vision that we have, which is our one by one policing philosophy, what it means. And it kind of lays out the expectations too, to them as, uh, as the leaders within our organization and what they should expect. And that is to serve them one by one. We, we, we know it's important that every employee, every team member um, that we serve, that we create environments where they can thrive, uh, where they feel safe, both psychologically and, and physically. Because we know that when we have these environments where they can thrive, where they're psychologically safe, that when they are providing that service to the community, that automatically translates to, to the engagement that they have with those um, people that we have contact with every single day. And so we start off doing that. And then the, the fact that our entire, our entire organization lives our one-by-one -one policing philosophy um, every day. So when a new, new team member comes on, they are welcomed, they, you know, they, they, they are felt um, part of the team, as opposed to a, a traditional policing organization. When, when a, a new police officer starts, a lot of times they're, they're treated like, um, like a pledge or, hey, unless you've been here for six months or 12 months, we really, you're not, we don't need to talk to you because you don't have anything of value to, to the organization. And we, we, we turn that around on 180. We know that everyone that we, we hire here from day one, they have something to, to give to our organization. And we value that. And we, we make sure that they know they're a valuable part of our team. Because it all starts with experiences. And we want everyone that, that uh, is part of our team here at Castle Rock Police to know from day one that they're important to us and are critical to our success. So if they have a positive experience from day one, then that just translates throughout their career and um, the, which moves into our, our behaviors, our values, and then at the end are the results that we have at the end of the day. That's truly incredible. I, I, I can't 
get over how how amazing it is that you've been able to kind of develop and foster and then maintain this type of of, of type of culture. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your experience um, in the Simon Sinek realm? I think it's a, your call to fame, but also I just I'm just so curious. Like, what was that like? How did that happen? Well, I first uh, heard Simon Sinek uh, give a, uh, a presentation at the International Association of Chiefs of Police Conference in San Diego several years ago. And uh, at that time, uh, it, it, uh, that was the first time I was introduced to him. And he had, uh, he had introduced a book called Leaders Eat Last. So um, I read the book and I thought it was, it really struck a lot of chords with me as far as the changes that we were making here at Castle Rock Police uh, with our culture and the leadership concepts were very uh, consistent with what we were doing. So decided to use that Leaders Eat Last book to have a book club with our leadership team. So throughout the summer, we, uh, we had a, a book club and we assigned out chapters to team members. And it was interesting because um, not only did we talk about the leadership concepts within the book and how it applied to our organization, but one thing that came out of it was was unexpected, and that was our team our team became um, closer, and we were able we we started um, earning trust with each other just because we were in this book club, and we had a safe space. So it was okay for a sergeant to disagree with the chief or a commander. Rank didn't really make any difference in the room. It was all about having honest discussions, so that you could have those discussions and then walk out of the room and everything's fine. And then that allowed us to have more honest discussions when we had other work related things that popped up later on. So fast forward another a year past that, uh, Simon Sinek gave another uh, talk at ICP, uh, International Association of Chiefs of Police the next year. And um, I sat in on that presentation. And after that presentation, I introduced myself and let him know that we had uh, utilized his book in a book club and it was uh, very beneficial to us. And so he ended up, uh, he said, hey, I'd like to visit your department. So he, the next month he came by and, and visited uh, our, our police department, including the team of uh, leaders that we had that actually used um, you know, the, his book. So that was interesting because they not only read the book and had a book club during the summer, but he was, they were actually able to ask him questions and talk about um, concepts in the book with them directly. And then he had an opportunity to talk with our team members about the culture that we had developed so he could see firsthand what, what we had done. Uh, so that kind of evolved into uh, Simon and I having a discussion about my why, because he also wrote um, Start With Why. And we, we, we kind of stumbled on the fact that my why was to serve people uh, one by one. And, uh, and then we, uh, decided that you know the the philosophy that we've been living here at, at Castle Rock Police was one by one policing and how that was something that was different and that it started within our organization and how it uh, benefited not only our team members but also our community so that's kind of how everything got started uh, just just by chance really a chance meeting that's incredible i love it um where uh shifting gears back what where do you see this approach in your opinion or your perspective making the biggest difference like in like out in the community and all these things like where can you give examples or 
kind of anecdotes around how this is making a difference? Absolutely. So it it makes a difference within our organization, within police organizations it, uh, that adopt this, and with communities, because how we interact with our community is directly related to our ability to uh, to help people and to to help people we as uh, as police professionals we have to live and work in an, in an environment that is healthy and that is supportive and that provides you the tools so you can be the best person you can be both personally and professionally so what we've seen here is that our, our, our employee engagement is high, our, our retention is high. Uh, we're, we're fully staffed here at Castle Rock Police. Um, not a lot of police organizations can say that. In 2021, we were actually overhired by most of, um, during most of the year. So we have great retention. We're hiring um, officers from other agencies that have a, a lot of great experience. and. Um, you know, unfortunately, they're coming to us in part because of the uh, environment that they're working in. Mm. And as as a as a person who, you know, I've dedicated my entire life to this profession, and I don't like seeing other police agencies have environments where where people don't feel like um, they enjoy working there or or it's, it's to toxic. Uh, I, I would prefer that we don't actually have people coming to us for that reason, because I would like every police agency in our country to have environments um, that are healthy, because this is a very difficult profession. And mm -hmm. it's more important now that we have a culture that's, um, that's supportive uh, of, of our team members. I mean, we know that mental health is, ex is an extremely critical area for police officers. And, and we, and the, the more that we can focus on culture and providing them an, a, an environment where they can thrive, then the better everybody is, the better the, the individual police team member is, the better their, their family member, because when they go home, they're coming, they're coming home after a day where they feel like they've done great work and they had a lot of a, a great purpose in their work, as opposed to coming home after um, a day on the job where the, the internal environment was toxic and then they were dealing it's, it's difficult to, um, in those types of situations to reset and, and go home and be positive, you know? And so it's more important now than ever that we really focus on, on our, our culture. And you mentioned also out in the community, like what have you seen out there? So what we're seeing out in the community is be, because our officers, um, our one-by-one -one policing philosophy that we live in our organization automatically translates in, into how our police officers uh, serve our, our community. And an example is that when we had, um, a couple of years ago, when, when there were a, a lot of protests throughout the country, uh, we, we actually had, um, a protest here and a, a gathering of individuals that just wanted to voice their opinion. And we had our officers um, out there with them just to make sure everybody's safe. And um, I had one of, I, I had more than one 
citizen resident come up to me and say, hey, chief, uh, what type of talking points did you get, give your officers before they went out to, uh, to the protest? And I was like, I didn't give them any talking points because I didn't have to. They are going to, I knew and confident they're going to they're going to treat everybody at the protest just as they would every other day that we're out there serving the community. And that's because of the automatic uh, translation that occurs between our internal culture and then how we interact with our community every single day. So the community benefits as well because we're getting better service with officers that uh, are positive, they want to help, they are purpose driven and they know that it's important to treat everybody like a family member. I love that. Um, you Earlier you talked about basically saying, you know, some people are coming, some officers are coming from less ideal work environments for themselves. How do you, how do you view that problem, I guess, or if you view it as a problem, what do we, what do, what do we do about that? Well, I do think it is a problem. And I think it's something that, um, that's something I'm passionate about. And one reason that I was excited to get to, uh, participate on your podcast because I think it's important to get the message out there that culture is important and 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 we can make a difference so we just have to uh, look at the benefits and and start making those changes as and, and I hope that our agency can serve as a model that it works and there's benefits to it um, both for the police officers and for the community. And especially in this time where it's hard to uh, attract and retain talent, both in the, in the private industry, but certainly in the, in the policing profession, it's very, very difficult. So it's more important than ever to, to have a place where people wanna work, that they have purpose, that they're happy, that they're supportive and they, they enjoy being there. I mean, you know, our, our team likes coming to work and, and we have fun doing what we're doing. It, it's, it's serious business, um, but we also can have fun doing it and support each other. And when you can do that, then everything else kind, kind of falls into place. But I think that certainly just like other changes in the policing profession over the years, like I discussed the, the technology, you know, look, look up of all the advances we made in technology is because we put a focus on it. We can do the same with culture. We just need to put a focus on it. And, uh, and so we, we're trying to do our part to, um, to, put, a, to put a light on that, on, on the fact that culture is important and that um, it works and it's, it, it benefits everyone. Can I ask when, when, obviously over the last two and a half years or so, a lot of the a lot of the issues, situations have created all kinds of, of attention and spin and things like that. How is, how is your teams like practicing this? How is your team's mindset or how are they, how do they handle all the, the negative stigma? How do they handle the perceptions that, that the public may have um, in some parts about, you know, policing in general? We're very fortunate here on Castle Rock because our community supports what we do. Um, we have built and earned trust with our community and it's intentional, right? So 
and, and we talk about this a lot here, that we have a supportive community, but it doesn't happen by accident. It happens because of the way that we've been serving our community for, for years. And I truly believe that all the difficulties and challenges that our profession has had over the last few years, we've been able to weather that storm well because uh, we're more resilient. We have built that community trust and that, that reduces the stress um, on, on our team members. And certainly, I mean, if you go home at night and watch the national news, and you know, and you see what's going on out there. It, it, yeah, it, it affects you, but, but our team members know that hey, you know, our community supports us. I mean, during the worst part of all of this, um, post Floyd, we had people stopping by the police department and dropping by goodies and, and thank you notes and things like that, like they normally do. But what the difference was is that they they say we know that you guys are are there for us. We don't, we don't believe what others are saying about you um, across the country. We're here for you. And it's, it's almost as, you know, they were being empathetic towards us because of what they were seeing out, out nationally. And it's like any relationship that is built on trust and you have compassion and empathy. They were actually showing that empathy back to us because that's how we work in our community that you know it's important that we demonstrate empathy to others now and they were doing it for us at, at, at our time of need so it was really it was really pretty neat to see um and you know we're we're grateful for that yeah and, and i'm grateful for for you and all you you're doing with your team um you know i appreciate you taking the time today to come come chat it's truly an inspirational story and and just effort that you're you're putting out there and and i and i really really i thank you i thank you not just for your service and what you do but also for leading the way on these types of things well thanks jeff i i appreciate that and uh and and certainly we're we're always we know that every single day that you know it's something that we we have to work at, um, and and I think that's true in the organization. It, it, the culture is important, and it's a day by day experience. But it's certainly something that I think has benefited again our uh, our team members and our community, and that's why we're here. Well, once again, I can't thank you enough for joining me on the show today, and um, I, I hope uh, the audience also got a lot out of. I mean. Um, I, I, I'm moved by just hearing your story. I hope that other people had the opportunity to, to hear this. So again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jeff. And to the audience, hope you enjoyed that and um, continue supporting the show. We really appreciate it. If you haven't checked out the book, Love is a Business Strategy is still available in all the places. So please subscribe, rate the podcast and tell a friend. Um, and until next week, we will see you later. Have a good week.